0: Andro here, Coach Dro. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast. The podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Today we are talking to Coach Adam Bauman. Coach Adam is currently the Director of Scouting and Analytics for Coach Nate Oates at the University of Alabama. And if you watched the TBT tournament this past summer and saw Blue Collar U, the Buffalo alumni team, win the championship, then you saw Coach Adam as their head coach. Before we get going, think about this. Coach Oates allowed his exceptional, and I mean exceptional, staff member to coach a TBT team the past two seasons. And Coach Adam, well, he just crushed it. If you are currently in a capacity in a basketball program, maybe as a director of ops, or a video coordinator position, or whatever. It is so awesome that Coach Oates empowered Coach Adam, and Coach Adam prepared, executed, and surely led to the highest level. Truly so inspiring. Coach Adam has wore a few different hats with Coach Oates. Before his new title, Coach Adam spent six years as the director of basketball operations at both Alabama and Buffalo for Coach Oates. At Buffalo, Coach Adam was part of a staff that became the winningest in school history. And prior to his time at Buffalo, Coach Adam oversaw all video coordination for men's basketball at Mississippi State, while also playing a huge part in organizing their recruiting database. And you'll soon find out, organization is at the key to Coach Adam's daily approach to his job. Coach Adam is a graduate of Southern Illinois. Coach Adam was a student manager for the Southern Illinois basketball program that went to three NCAA tournaments and one NIT during Coach Adam's time at SIU. Adam was part of the 2007 SIU squad that advanced to the Sweet 16. Coach Adam then joined the staff at Arizona State as a graduate assistant coach. After Adam's time with the Sun Devils, Adam was on the staff at Santa Clara, where in 2011, the Broncos won the College Insider Postseason Tournament and finished with the second most wins in school history. Again, as you soon will find out, wherever, and I mean wherever, Coach Adam has been or goes, high-level winning happens. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Drow. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. By the way, if you need fall gear and uniforms, check out my show notes below and connect with Moneyball Sportswear today. Enter the promo code Dro and gear up if you're looking for a great book to read and you heard episode 87 with Coach Rob Murphy, then you have to grab a copy of the book, Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. See my show notes for how you can secure a copy of this amazing book by Coach Murph. Finally, if you're looking for a great book to pre-order, please pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Basketball Position Metric. Rashad breaks down how the evolution of basketball has called for updated terminology for player positions. Again, see my show notes for how you can pre-order this new book by this incredible basketball mind. Enough of Coach Joe. Let's get to Coach Adam Bauman and share his story. Adam, why do you coach?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think I coach because I love the process of watching a team grow over the course of an entire summer into the fall and season. And then seeing them accomplish something, especially and been fortunate to see many championship teams and seeing those guys cut down nets and see the smiles on their faces and and see them reach the goals that they they kind of set out to reach at the beginning of the year. And obviously, you know, the relationships with the players is a huge part for me and seeing those guys come in as, you know, 18-year-old freshmen and, and leave you know, after three, four years, whenever they do leave and how they grow in, the, in that time span.
0: You mentioned that word process. Is that a big buzzword for you? Has that always been a big part of your coaching DNA?
1: I wouldn't necessarily say my DNA, but it's always been something I've, I've enjoyed seeing the players go through. You know, obviously there's a lot of trials and tribulations that we all go through. And you can even say that for all players that we see, they all go through different things. They come from different places. and To see them come together and watching that process is is really, really enjoyable for me.
0: So you're currently the director of scouting and analytics for Coach Nate Oates at Alabama. Right off the start, who is Coach Oates?
1: Man, he's a high school basketball coach that obviously has had a lot of success. You know, and he'll tell you himself, he's caught some breaks. He's a a basketball junkie, and he's probably the, not probably, he is the most competitive guy I know when you talk about some of the highest level competitors of all time that you talk about in sports. Like Nate has a lot of those qualities about him. He absolutely hates to lose. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether a tool or cards or, shuffleboard or anything. He is an ultimate competitor and he's going to do whatever it takes to win.
0: Before we dive into your journey though, Adam, who inspired you to want to coach?
1: I would have to say some of my high school coaches. You know, I didn't play a lot as a high school player. I was kind of six man. I sat on the bench quite a bit. So I always observed the game and I was sitting next to them during the games and we always have conversations and kind of bounce ideas back and off of each other. So I've always thought of it from a coach's perspective i think they probably kind of inspired me mostly to become a coach
0: so not only are you guys crushing it at alabama great season ahead just started practice but adam you had a pretty good summer so you're the head coach of the tbd champions blue collar U, the buffalo alumni team how amazing is it that coach oats Gave you this opportunity to coach this team?
1: Yeah, it's really amazing. You know, I didn't know all the coaches from all the teams. I'm not so sure there is a, a support staff member from a high major team that is you know out there. Takes two three weeks off of you know his job while he we have camps going on and stuff to allow me to reconnect with our former guys and, and coach them. You know, coach is a great boss, and not many bosses have let their guys do that. And I'm extremely fortunate that he does let me do that.
0: So how did it happen? Did you approach him? Did they approach you? Like
1: So Brian uh, Hodgson, obviously, we had talked about it for a couple years once we got to Alabama. And Coach Brian kind of put the team together and kind of reached out to the guys. But obviously, it's typically during July, during a heavy recruiting period. So we really, you know, he kind of approached me about it. And, and he asked Coach actually first before he asked me. And, and obviously, Coach Oates was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, he definitely should do that. I'm not so sure Coach knew how much I would be gone when he first said, yeah, he could do that. But it's been two straight years where I've been gone for about three weeks. I know I started to get phone calls towards the end of this year's run.
0: Obviously coach so many of these great players, but you talked about Coach Bryan. I mean, obviously an elite assistant coach, one of the top assistant coaches in the country, relentless recruiter, excellent at developing player relationships, and obviously terrific on the floor. But how cool was it that he was your assistant coach?
1: Yeah, I mean... He was my assistant, but we kind of tag teamed the whole thing. Him and I kind of worked together really well. I kind of handled a lot of the X's and O's in timeouts and kind of what we're going to be doing from an offensive and defensive standpoint. But Brian is really, really good at crowd control and and much better at me probably than some motivational speaking and stuff like that so we kind of went hand in hand and I think us combined were a a great head coach I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you we both you know complimented each other very well
0: it's pretty cool so you mentioned support staff roles you mentioned being in the support staff at Alabama you've had some massive experience in support roles director of operations at Alabama director of operations at Buffalo video coordinator at Mississippi State your graduate assistant coach at Arizona State, and obviously a student manager at Southern Illinois. But just take me back, all right, so to get the chance to be a head coach for the Buffalo alumni team, to me is just awesome. You know, you talked about tag teaming it with Coach Bryan, but what was really your mindset in attacking this position and moving to be the head coach?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, first off, just be myself. You know, don't try to be Coach Oates, don't try to be someone else, just try to be myself. You know, Coach O's is very intense, you know, in practice. He's high energy. I'm probably more of a critical thinker, sit back, watch, observe, and then put my arm around a guy and say, hey, you know, this is what I saw. What did you see? I'm much more calm, I guess mild-mannered, if you will. So really the biggest thing for me is just be myself, have fun with it. You know, we're reconnecting with a lot of our former players that we had at Buffalo in in that four-year run that we had, really just to have fun and, you know, be around them and tell stories and reconnect with them, you know, now that they're all or mostly all playing professional basketball.
0: I got a quote one of your former coworkers. What was Adam like coaching this team this past summer? And here is his quote, and I think it's pretty cool. Adam was detailed. He managed them. Adam had a game plan. Adam didn't try to do too much, but he put them in spots to be successful. Zero ego. To me, this quote speaks volumes to you as a leader. How did you keep it detailed but really simple for the guys?
1: Really good question because we were, in our scouts, we were very detailed on the defense side of the ball, like how we wanted to guard each player, different actions. And that side of it was very detailed. But when the ball goes up, I think you always have to keep it simple. You know, you can plan as much as you want, but there's a lot of things that happen over the course of a game that you can't plan for or or that you just have to adapt and react. And we just gave them simple things to do. You know, we had go in with one game plan, and, and we knew going in what our adjustment would be, offensively and defensively, depending on if they did something different than what we wanted. But at the end of the day, like, we kept it simple. I We had really good players, as you know, Drew. Like the players we had in the PBT team, those guys have won a lot of games. They're really, really talented. And players win games. And we had a lot of them with a lot of talent that have won a lot of games in their careers. You know, we gave them ownership in the scouts. I mean, there's numerous times where I would walk over to CJ or Wes Clark and ask them, hey, what do you guys want to run out of timeout? CJ, I'm thinking about running something for you. What do you want? And then we'd talk about it you know, briefly, and then we'd go in the timeout and draw it up. So giving them ownership was a huge part of it. I mean, those guys are all professional basketball players. So they, and they play over in, in Europe and they see a lot of different actions than we see in, in the States. And, you know, I love watching FIBA basketball because they run some of the best stuff, you know, in the world. So that's kind of how we did it.
0: You have guys like, you know, obviously Wes Clark, CJ Massenberg, Nick Perkins. Yeah massive roster guys that still give me nightmares when I was at Eastern Michigan we just never could stop them but putting guys in spots to be successful did you merge some of the actions from Bama I mean from Buffalo you guys had a playbook that was really really extensive you talked about international overseas plays like how did you put that all together like for a coach that has a three-week window and then you're playing for a million dollars like how did you do that
1: yeah there's a lot of prep in it to be honest with you once our season ended at Alabama and kind of, you know, we have some dead time there in May, I went and watched a lot of the guys that were going to be on our team, C.J. Perk, West. I watched their pro stuff on Synergy and just saw how they were scoring, how they were, what they were running, just so, like, we could have some familiarity with what they had been doing. Obviously, West and Nick Perkins played on the same team, so that was good. So we we had a, a few things they were doing, but it was mainly kind of our base offense from Alabama, and then a lot of the same stuff we had done from those years at Buffalo. And there was stuff out of timeouts that we never talked about, but it was something that we used to run at Buffalo. And CJ's like, "Hey, hey, remember that? Remember that that zip hammer play that we used to? Run? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's do that. Let's do, all right." All right. Like there was a lot of familiarity we had and that's just kind of how, you know, we kind of worked together and and, uh, went at it that way.
0: Yeah. It was a super cool experience. Uh, I I loved your energy on the bench. I was just going through your Twitter page today. I just applaud coach Oates for giving you this opportunity and just super cool to see, you know, you to get all this head coaching experience. And then you obviously demonstrated you did a really, really good job. So kudos to you and the staff. And just, uh, I just think it's awesome that TBD does this.
1: No, no. Yeah. I appreciate it. And shoot, best part about it obviously winning it was great and the money we got from it was great and it really does instantly hit your account that Zell is, is is real but the best part kind of to me was you know the, the training camp we did before and practicing and then we'd have our post-practice lunch upstairs in the office just like we used to do when we were at Buffalo and telling stories you know about you know Kirk and CJ and, and Wes and I mean we've sat up there for hours after practice every day just telling stories and that was to me probably the the funnest part of the week was just seeing being around those guys again and reconnecting with them and that group those guys over that those four years are really really tight-knit some of the tightest-knit teams I've ever been around and may Ever be around to be honest with you. So you know it was just extremely rewarding to see those guys succeed once again and see the smiles on their faces when they went to their phones after the game and check their bank accounts.
0: So I touched on it. You're currently the director of scouting and analytics for Coach Oates. You know, Adam, I've really struggled with analytics throughout my career. What are analytics to you?
1: Yeah, it's it's obviously a, a hot buzzword now, and I think sometimes it gets overcomplicated. It's just another tool. You know, it's just another tool to help develop players, or develop your team, or to teach your team how you want them to play. You know, we use it as a development tool for our players. You know, individual skill development. It's an injury prevention tool. You know, I know our strength coach and athletic trainer use it to measure explosive movements during practice and to predict injuries if a guy's not being as explosive. So it's just a tool. You know, some coaches choose to use it, some coaches don't. And there's no right or wrong answer there, but it's just another tool that, that we absolutely love to use to teach our guys.
0: So last week, you, we were preparing for this interview and you sent me a spreadsheet just to, we don't have to talk about specifics, but, you know, just yeah. heading into practice, here's some analytics, some things we're going to look for in practice. Like, how receptive is Coach Oates and the coaching staff to analytics?
1: Yeah, I mean, Coach is extremely receptive. I, I don't think you can give Coach enough numbers. Um, I've tried. and and he continues to ask for more to be honest with you Hmm. but he taught mathematics in high school at at romulus high school for 11 years and before that he he did his master's thesis and I I don't know what, but he was, he's a math guy. He he knows more math than I probably will ever know. He's probably forgot more math than I will ever know. So you can't give him enough numbers.
0: Hmm, That's really, really interesting. Okay. So you mentioned just scouting with the team this summer with the Buffalo alumni group. And you guys are very, very detailed. Talk me through your mindset in scouting.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, Obviously, offensively and defensively, it's completely different. You know, at Alabama, we, we have kind of an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and, and a guy who does personnel. And so I kind of work on the offensive side of the ball, just kind of watching opponent defense and, and seeing how they're obviously guarding different ball screen actions, different off-ball actions, tendencies of individual players defensively, and just looking for weak points that, that we can attack specifically matchups. You know, coach is really, really huge on finding the best matchup and attacking that matchup. Obviously, you see that a lot in the NBA where switching defenses all the time, you got to find the weak link and attack the weak link. And that's kind of something that we did, you know, this summer. And it's something that we've done at Alabama and and, in Buffalo over the last seven, eight years.
0: What about the defensive? Just give me an example of how you guys were detailed in scouting this summer with the TBT team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was extremely fortunate. We have a group of managers back in Alabama that were all in on Blue Collar U as well. So they essentially, my video staff, and they had all the games cut by the time they were done so we could just go through and watch all their sets. The director of there at Buffalo currently, uh, Tom Fox, right. was huge in doing the defensive side of the scout. He actually did the majority of the defensive side, the scout, he'd give me a database of what they basically ran over their three, four, five games, however many we you, they had played, you know, up until that point in the TBT. And we'd go through and we'd watch it, take the top, you know, five, six actions, discuss how we're going to guard it, and then kind of go from there. And we kind of approached it the same way, you know, Drew, I'm sure you guys did it at Eastern, the way we did it. We, we treated it like it was a college, like we we're in college again. Right. And did – scouts that way and i think we were probably one of the more prepared teams i felt in the tbt that way
0: so obviously you touched on offense and offensive coordinator defensive coordinator it's pretty known that coach Oates empowers the staff charlie henry yourself to tackle the offense for bama why are you so efficient in creating an offensive game plan for coach oats
1: yeah i think it's just you know charlie obviously coached in the nba for for several years there and has seen all different types of defensive game plans. Obviously I think he's seen a lot more than what I have. So there's always, you know, bouncing ideas back and forth off of each other. I mean why we're so efficient, to me our efficiency comes a lot more from the way we the way our style is. The fast up tempo, relentless attacking of the paint. And I think it comes more from that. Obviously you always want to dial some stuff up out of timeouts or dead balls. And that's just stuff that you see That any coach will see when he's watching an opponent's defense, you know, different weaknesses and stuff like that. But I think overall, our efficiency is, you know, always in the top 25 or typically in the top 25 last few years. It's just because of of our relentless attack of the paint and our willingness of our players to share the ball and what we call point-five basketball.
0: It's interesting. Any Alabama game you watch, you think Nate is going to pass out by him just, you know, turnarounds anytime they get you guys get scored on stops trying to push the ball aggressively, aggressively, aggressively. How much do you guys work on running like trying to play fast?
1: Yeah, it was one of the biggest adjustments when I first started working with coach, you know, in the in the 7, 8 years I've worked with coach, we have yet to take a 2 to 3 to 4 5 minute water break during practice. Mm. When we break the hull at the beginning of practice, it is full tilt until we break the huddle at the end of practice. There's very little time in between drills. If a guy wants a break, he subs himself out for a rep and then he's back. Yeah. But there's no time like the practice is nonstop and that's the way games are. That's the way we play. So I think it trains our guys to play in that type of chaotic environment that a game is. And I think that's one of the biggest differences I noticed, you know, coming from the outside in when I first started working with coach.
0: You know, you talked about last thing on this the mismatch. Like, Like that takes a lot of work in film prep are you guys constantly are you constantly coach henry are you guys trying to just look at deficiencies defensively like how do you develop that mindset of hey this is who we're going to go after
1: yeah i think you try to watch i mean constantly watching film obviously but trying to find teams who who play like us see what they did or see what worked what didn't work you know a lot of it we'll do a lot of the similar stuff from game to game just small tweaks depending on how they're guarding it. It's really a simplistic kind of way about going about it. Mm. We have a large like we have a very extensive playlist as you mentioned earlier. But like <laughs> we don't do a lot of it very much. But when we see a certain type of defense or when we see the right matchup with a certain type of defense, we know the three or four things right off the bat that we want to do. And that preparation comes from off season prep. You know, we are constantly studying the NBA. You know, we watch every single NBA playoff game is cut and broke down. And over the summer we watch just about every single made field goal from, from the NBA playoff FIBA, you know, just recently, I've started to watch a lot more FIBA stuff than, than even NBA playoffs just because I think the FIBA game is almost closer to what the college game is than, than the NBA at times. And so just study it, man, just study it nonstop and, and continue to try to grow and learn. Obviously, we don't know everything, but we always are trying to stay on the cutting edge of, where basketball is going
0: you know adam at times being in a support staff capacity can be pretty challenging you know especially when you're talking about behind the scenes stuff that sometimes goes unnoticed what would be your advice for a younger coach out there or someone that's working in the support staff capacity like how do you approach your daily job
1: yeah i try to be as as organized as i can and as efficient with my time as i can i've always been big on like if you're doing the support staff if you got into college basketball or basketball in general because you wanted to be noticed, then you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. You're probably not going to get the fulfillment that you want out of it. I love working and not getting even this drill is like uncomfortable for me (laughs) doing a podcast. Like I, this is not this is not me at all to be honest with you like I love working in the dark where no one sees it like that's the fun part of my job to be honest with you you know my main thing is i always try to serve the players and whatever they need and, and kind of going back to how we kind of started talking about it, it's so fun to see these guys from when they come in as 18 year old freshmen and, and leave as like you know 20 22 year old you know grown men that you know are getting married a year down the line and have kids on the way it's just so rewarding. Um, so I'm there to serve the players and obviously the coaches, you know, Coach Henry and, and Oates and Hodgson and Coach Petway. Like, I'm just here to serve them and, and try to help them get our team where we need to go. And I kind of that's how I approach it, you know, every day with our players, our coaches and even our administration.
0: What has been your approach or how did you develop this ability to be so organized? That's a good question.
1: I don't know. I think I've always, always been that way. I've always love love to excel i'm probably a little too much where i I need to see things in straight lines and 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 columns and and so it's always that's just kind of how my brain works and and i've always wanted to be organized so sometimes it probably takes me longer to do certain things because i want it to be down on a in a document or, or printed on paper or something like that i don't know how else to, to operate, to be honest with you. And I think it helps me become you know, more efficient uh, and it helps our, our program become more efficient. And at the end of the day, it helps you know, myself and other support staff members serve our players, coaches.
0: We're about six weeks out now to the start of college basketball. And you've mentioned already your relentless pursuit of the game and helping Coach Oates and the staff and all the work you did this summer preparing for the team being gone for three weeks how in the world do you balance being married and your quest to make an impact in this profession
1: yeah i mean first things first it takes a, a special woman to be married to a ball coach i was home two days between july 15th and august 15th this this summer i was only home for about two days so it takes a special woman to, to be able to hold it down at the house well that's number one you got to find a really good one but other than that obviously you know, my wife and I, I feel like we have a pretty good system and we wake up early. We got a dog and we, we usually walk the dog for 30 or 40 minutes every morning um, mm-hmm. around the neighborhood. And that's kind of our time to talk, you know, if we got anything to talk about. And then obviously, you know, it's long hours at times. And But when I do come home, I, I try to put the phone up uh, at least for an hour or so. You know, fortunate for me as a support staffer, you're not making recruiting calls and stuff like that. So I could probably... Afford to do that a little bit more than some of the assistants, where they where they have to have that phone on them with the recruiting stuff. But try to put the phone up and and kind of have some uninterrupted time with her before she goes to bed.
0: So, Coach Adam, I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches?
1: Yeah, I mean it's probably kind of cliche, but kind of be where your feet are do the best job in, in the job that you are. I know, uh, you know, everyone is concerned with trying to move up the ladder, but I've always kind of took pride in trying to be, you know, if you're in the video coordinator role, I, I was always trying to be the best video coordinator in the country. You know, if I was in the operations role, I wanted the program to be the the smoothest operating program in the country and my kind of philosophy is if I do good enough job at at the job I'm in the jobs will find me I shouldn't have to go search for them and I've kind of always approached that you know even in the off seasons when there's you know different jobs available and people are moving around and stuff I've always kind of took the approach that if if there's a job out there for me it'll find me and I just kind of have peace
0: at that well coach Adam I love behind the scenes guys and First of all, when you were at Buffalo and you guys were kicking our tails, you were always so cool to me. Pre-post games, I had a lot of respect for you. Coach Oates would always rave about you. Uh, Coach Brian, Coach Jamie, Coach White, so again, would all talk about the unbelievable job that you were doing for them at the program. And obviously, you guys had great success. You know, it speaks highly of you that Coach Oates would bring you to Alabama. But when I watched that TBT tournament final game this year, and I kind of followed the entire tournament, I was really, really excited for you. And to see you guys win and to see you coach and your energy and, you know, everything that kind of Coach Oates teaches you guys. And you for you to accomplish that and be part of something so cool this summer, I thought that was really, really cool. And I remember emailing you the next day like, Adam, that was awesome. We got to do a podcast. So, you know, so many things you shared today will help younger coaches, especially men or women that might be in support staff roles. And they're just kind of trying to figure this out and, you know, hoping to be, you know, see what next happens to them. So, again, I am super appreciative of your time. I know you guys have just started practice, and I'm just thankful, Adam, that you would help young coaches.
1: No, I appreciate it, Drew, and thank you, you know, for everything you're doing for the game, sharing the game. I've been a listener since the
0: start, and glad I was able to hop on and, and talk some hoops with you tonight. Roll tide, roll tide. That was a great conversation with Coach Adam Bauman. Here are some things that I love that Coach Adam said. I love the process of watching a team grow, and I enjoy seeing players go through that process. Coach Oates is the most competitive guy that I know, and Nate hates to lose. I love when Coach Adam said that Coach Brian and I combined were a great head coach for Blue Collar U. Be myself. I'm a critical thinker. I think back, watch, and observe. Our scouts were very detailed. When the ball goes up, you have to keep it simple. Come in with a game plan, but we knew what our adjustments were. Players win games. We gave the players ownership in the scouts. Analytics is another tool that we use to teach our guys, and you can't give Coach Oates enough numbers. Coach Oates is a math guy looking for weak points that we can attack, specifically the matchup, find the weak link, and attack the weak link. So darn good. Fast, up-tempo style. Relentless attacking of the paint. Constantly studying the NBA. We watched every NBA-made field goal from the NBA playoffs. Watching a ton of field goals. FIBA Games 2. Study it non-stop. Try to be as organized as I can. I love working in the dark when no one sees me, and I'm always trying to serve the players and the coaches. Have to stay organized. It helps me become more efficient. Be where your feet are. Thank you, Coach Adam Ballman, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Again, if you're looking for high-quality athletic gear and uniforms, check out Moneyball Sportswear. And I can't say this enough. If you're looking for a great book to read, you have to grab a copy of deep the life of rob murphy alive with purpose finally if you're looking for another amazing book pre-order rashad phillips's book basketball position metric stay safe i can't say this enough be you keep coaching and see you on the next episode of the tell me your story coach podcast